Biff, what kind of tree fits in your hand? Uh, what kind of tree fits in my hand, Jock? A palm tree. <sighs> you know, Sweet and you like palm trees. Everybody Lord. likes palm trees. Um, more importantly, why aren't dogs good dancers? Uh, why aren't dogs good dancers? They have two left feet. <sighs> they do. Well, most dogs, the ones that my wife. You know, your family. Right. 50-50 <laughs> if they have two feet, yeah. let alone two uh, left ones. Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. Uh, this is Biff. And this might be the most current up-to-the-minute podcast because we're recording this just uh, hours before it actually posts because uh, uh, technical difficulties on my end. Uh, hard to believe. Yeah, you know, it happens. What can we say? <laughs> it happens to me a lot. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Biff, how are you? I am uh, doing great, all things considered. You know, I am um, thankful that I am able to uh, get up out of my bed on my own and among other things. So, and, yeah. And why, why are you thankful you're <laughs> able to get up, Biff? Well, you know, this uh, past Friday marked the triumphant return of Friday Night Hockey. And um, and so and I played for the first time uh, since the uh, uh, pandemic uh, locked everything down. And so, you know, it was it was a hard hour and 15 minutes as compared to the two hours that I normally was playing. And, um, yeah, I, I you know, I have an advice to myself for the next time there is a pandemic is that, you know, if I do think I'm going to play hockey again, that I should probably exercise in between instead of just sitting on my, you know, fat ass the entire time, because yeah, that's what it was. I had done diddly squat. And then suddenly I thought I could play, you know, pick up hockey. And yep, my body said, "Ah, nope, nope, nope. I thought uh, the the text that you sent the group, you knew it was going to be a long night when you started the clock watching 30 minutes in. 30 minutes in. (laughs) It literally like, you know, and on Friday Night Hockey, I normally didn't clock watch because I usually wasn't tired. It's actually the uh, Saturday morning pickup that I did after. Like I used to do two hours of Friday Night Hockey turn around and then do 90 minutes of this other more brutal hockey. And that's the one where I did the clock watching because, you know, a lot more shots than whatever else. So, yeah. And uh, also some big news with the F and H and it, it, it's back on. And also big news that it was the uh, godfather of Southern California's hockey, the, the founder of F and H uh, Paul's birthday this week. And that's uh, right. And, and, and you did, you guys all did a drive by uh, birthday party. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, a few of us got together, um, and essentially I arranged it with uh, uh, Gabriel, uh, his grandson, and JP, his son. So, you know, thanks to both of those guys for you know a lot of the logistics uh, support. But essentially, the um, uh, we kind of sent a few cars at a time to go see Paul. Uh, apparently, Paul had no idea that this was happening, so Gabriel, you know, kept it real low key. But uh, him and his uh, beautiful wife basically. Um, uh, decorated the front, and you know why would Paul look at the front of the house? He doesn't leave the house, so he he apparently had no idea what's going on. Uh, we, they set up a table, which also acted as a barrier to keep everybody at least however many feet away. You know, so Paul's on the other side of this table, and uh, we kind of talked, you know, to him across the table, and you know it was great. I, I certainly, 
you know, Paul being uh, the gregarious guy that he is, uh, I'm sure it's, you know, it's just been challenging for him to not be able to, you know, kind of interact with people. So um, it was, it was, you know, for all of us, that was just so fantastic to see him. And, you know, he looked great. Uh, Lucy was also there and, you know, she looked great. So, you know, hopefully it was something in this, you know, and I, I think, um, Paul seeing the kind of light at the, the seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, he's talked about you know the kind of the the essentially once the uh, uh, Gabriel and his wife are fully vaccinated uh, and everybody is vaccinated, he thinks that he can come back out. So you know we're looking forward to actually seeing him uh, run uh, Friday night hockey again. Um, you know his son JP ran it this past time, but you know in a few weeks we're hoping to uh, actually see Paul in the flesh. You know back at a Friday night hockey. So. That's awesome. I, I speaking of vaccination, I got yeah. my second uh, Pfizer shot yesterday. So I, as I put on uh, Twitter, um, in two weeks when it finally all yeah. kicks in, I get to get back to avoiding people and never leaving the house like I used to. Sure. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. My life has not been greatly affected by this. Uh so that that that's great that it's back on. Were there any COVID protocols? Were there was there any like vaccine requirements or masks? Were players wearing masks? Uh well definitely no um uh vaccination kind of thing. Um uh the masks were required to enter the building, but I mean once you were in, right? I mean, um and I think some of the guys may have played with masks on and whatnot, but uh you know, ultimately, I think it was one of those deals where um, they weren't really monitoring what was happening on the ice. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, well, uh, I'm I'm happy that that is back, and now I am more sad to not be out there. Uh, yeah. So, so I've done so much podcasting this week. I second recording of this. I did a Qatari based sports podcast. I recorded yep. it two weeks ago that it dropped. It was really it was fun. It was. A couple people who played in the league with me, the, the amazing hockey league I got to play in out there, had told me about this guy, and he was looking for guests, and they had suggested me. And then somebody in the sports, the business side of sports and guitar, had also said, hey, I know this guy who does his podcast. I've heard you'd be great on it. So I, I did that. So I've heard enough of my own voice uh, <laughs> this past week. Um and, and you know you get to hear it over again. Really, plus you edit this. It's painful. What a tr- what a treat. It's painful. Uh, the other thing that was uh, fun in my life last week is for the first time in up teen years, way too many years to even mention. I finally wrote a first draft of a, a feature script and did a table read. Had like 12, 14 people from from L.A. to to Pennsylvania to Taiwan, a friend of mine who's helped me out a bit with this login. And that was fun. And what was fun for me is not reading any of it, just kind of sitting there <laughs> and hearing other voices uh, for long hours. So I, I, I'm really grateful. Yeah, I was, I was happy that it got the response it did. There's a lot of work to do before I, I have a second draft, but it's not as it, it's it's further along than I had hoped, so I'm I'm very happy about that. Uh, whether yep. it sees the light of day, you know who who knows. Well, I mean, have you made have you any put put any thoughts in terms of uh, who you might uh, have appropriate your script this time around, or meaning like like who? Uh, oh, I I know somebody. <laughs> so the funny thing, you, you mean who I want to give the script to? 
when or you know how have have the you know script stolen you know or whatever you want to call oh. it yeah sure <laughs> yeah no that's uh wow thank you Biff, for that painful. you're welcome <laughs> painful memory uh <laughs> you know what wasn't on the rundown the other day that is now we're going to talk about i found out last night scrolling through twitter okay. karen carpenter yeah did you have any idea that she was this Gene Krupa, Buddy Rich level drummer? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that, so it's I, I thought I thought you would know it, but I guess you're a little bit younger than I am. But I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, people I think in my generation kind of know her, you know, her drumming prowess. So, you know, and you know, I mean, because I kind of you know, you know, and she, you know, she appeared in a lot, a lot of these, you know. Did, did they even maybe have a TV show of their own? They may have had a TV show of their own, but yeah, I mean, I've kind of known that about her. So, but I, so I did, I have seen that, that thing going around. I said, yeah, okay, that's not news, but okay. It, it's certainly news to me because yeah. yeah, in my yeah. world, the Carpenters were kind of a joke. You know, it's not the music that I generally listen to. And in fact, oh, okay, yeah, you know, in fact, the reason I ended up finding this out last night. Is is I was watching the movie Tommy Boy for the first time with my youngest son, and I don't remember the last time I saw it. And I was bugging the crap out of Joe because every two minutes I was giving them the time code of, oh, this is the first time he says "Shut up, Richard." This is the first time he. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's a movie that Joe loves. And then there was a Carpenter song, and I shazammed it. And then when I opened it up, it had this it came to this live performance and I don't know how it, you know, came up, uh, but a live performance, you were playing something somewhere. I forget what cover tune they were doing. Yeah. And it's one thing to find out she played the drums. It's another thing. To okay. Well, you didn't out. even know she played the drums. I had no idea. Like, Oh my God. No idea. You know, okay. she's, she is just this, you know, soft rock seventies singer in my world. I, I don't even know was was Richard Carpenter her brother or her husband? Oh, right, it's a, it's a brother. Yeah, was your brother? So yeah. yeah, so that 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 was my awakening. And I'm like, I'm gonna ask Biff yeah. if he knew this. I'm like, of course yeah. you would know it. Well, no, I mean it's and it's not like it, it's. I thought it was somewhat common knowledge for essentially. So maybe the the you know the few years difference between us because of what I got to watch on TV. Yeah. Or whatever, but I mean, it's the same thing as Roy Clark, right? Like Roy Clark could shred, and like you know, people like most of us in the guitar world knew that he could shred. And every few years, that some of his you know stuff, you know, whether it, uh, there was one that's kind of uh, his appearance on uh, one of the uh, one of the variety shows that's in black and white, and there's another one which is his appearance in the um, uh, in the what you call it, the uh, the Odd Couple. That come out, right? You know right. where I've seen the odd couple one a lot. Yeah, and it's like it's like yeah, okay, yeah. We we know the dude can shred. I mean, the dude's a freaking legend. I mean, there's a reason they kind of name a guitar model after him and stuff like that, right? So yeah, but it's so that one is a little bit different. But yeah, I thought Karen Carpenter drum stuff was kind of so common knowledge. Blown away, and, and, yeah. and, and blown away that I I I should have known that, and I didn't know that. And man, she was, a, and it's one of those things where yeah. I look at my drum set, which is truly five feet in front of me right now thinking i never want to play again like i i can you know i can work i can play drums another 30 years and i will never yeah be half the drummer that karen carpenter was Uh, and and i mean that so it's funny 
when I, I talked about Tommy Boy, it, the Oscars are coming out, and that just goes to show you how much I uh, love the Oscars. Is that the Oscars are, are airing or they aired last night? You know, because this drops on Monday tonight, actually. And yep. no desire to watch any of the Oscar movies. I decided, yeah, I'm going to watch Tommy Boy with my 10 year old, and then the wife and I. At 10, I figured I was going to put it on in the background while just like cleaning up and getting ready for bed. Three hours later, we watched the entire end game again. And we just finished watching Winter Soldier uh, on HBO. I'm sorry, on Disney Plus the other day. And it's my my head is spinning before I talk about the Oscars. I would really like to know how many happy coincidences happen or how much long term. And I mean, did they always know they were going to spin off Winter Soldier and the Falcon or the Falcon and Winter Soldier to be a show? And that when they first introduced them and it was, I forget what year it is. The first, the first time that the Winter Soldier movie came out and that's when you meet the Falcon and, right. all, you know, and then a couple years later, like five or six, six years ago, maybe 2015 and, or so. And, and there's so yeah. many little jokes inside Falcon and the Winter Soldier that are called back to those movies from six, seven years ago. Well, I figured to some degree, they, they were basically, you know, kind of, uh, um, setting themselves up to reuse these characters, right? But I think that I would imagine that the decision to essentially go deliver it in Disney Plus probably came a lot more recently, right? Because I would like to think that if this pandemic pandemic didn't happen, they would prefer to pump a lot of these out, you know, in the theaters rather than on streaming, right? But then... So, I mean, maybe, but we knew there was going to be a phase two and there was going to be a lot of TV, but yeah, but that was before (laughs) Disney Plus was a thing, you know, the first time you see them. But but the callbacks are awesome. There's one Christian, like, I I think the only the only Oscar movie that I watched, and I didn't watch because it was Oscar movie, it was a movie Manx about the guy who really wrote Citizen Kane, and it was fine. It was, it was. It was good. It was starring Gary Oldman playing the 45-year-old Makowitz who got hired to write the script. The only real controversy, I guess, is he agreed to write the script and he took more money for not getting writing credit. And then in the ninth hour, because it came out so good, he's like, yeah, I want to get credit for this, which caused a huge rift between him and Orson Welles. So it's fine. It's great. Yeah. Not great. It's fine. I liked it. it. It cracks me up that there's been so many big budget movies made about the making of Citizen Kane. I, 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 you know, I, next I'm, I'm waiting for the movie behind the scenes story of the person who did craft services on the making yeah. of, of Citizen Kane. And as we already talked about, but I'll just briefly touch on it again. If you want to make a movie that gets Oscar nominations, Simply just make a movie about making a movie either in the 30s, or the 40s or the 70s or some big movie, you know. But if you did, if you if you made a making of Gone with the Wind, if you made a making of I'm trying to think of some big Marilyn Monroe right. movie or, or, or some James Dean movie, which there was seven year itch or whatever. Right. I don't know. And, and yeah. James Dean, it's like make a movie about one of the three movies he made. He only made three because he. He right. died so young, right. but you will automatically get 
a bunch of Academy Award nominations if you make a movie about James Dean making a movie in 1956. Yeah, you know, ba- based on some of the stories I heard, though, right? Like the like the original uh, trio of Star Wars movies probably is a great one, right? Like just some of the, you know, and you see, I saw tidbits on them uh, of some of the stories that have come out. And I don't know if you've ever seen um, uh, Wishful Drinking. That's a... Uh, I don't think I've seen that. Okay, so it's it's Carrie Fisher's uh, kind of state. It was actually her book, and then she brought it to her to stage. And it's actually it's I don't know where it's available because I saw eons ago on HBO. But if it's available, it, it I mean you know she'll she'll go through the Star Wars stuff, but she'll go through the rest of her life stuff, and it it is a I mean she is so 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 funny. You know, and and people, I don't think people realize how funny she really, you know, you know, was. But yeah, she's fantastic. So if you ever can catch it, yeah. you know, and, and she, had an such a, she had such a self awareness. She yeah. has done so many incredible things as yeah. a writer, as yep. a script doctor. She was for yep. a couple decades the go-to script doctor in Los Angeles. She acted in so many other movies. Yeah, but she also said. If she wanted to get a table at a restaurant that was completely booked up, she would just point out that she was Princess Leia and magically yeah. the best <laughs> right. table. And, and right. she, she she always knew she, no matter what she did, yeah. she was going to. But yeah, we, we, we've talked about that, too, in the past, that these superhero movies generally get panned and looked down upon. Again, you're wearing that amazing shirt with Otis Phil on it. I don't, right. I don't know if Superman got a lot of Academy Look. Just for the special effects, I'm sure, right? But I mean, I, I like I so you know in 1976, um, you know, Star Wars was nominated for Best Picture, and of course, you know, uh, you know, a, a stupid 12 year old me or 77, I guess, stupid 12 year old me expected. Come on, how could any movie be greater than this movie? But of course, it, you know, it goes to Annie Hall because of, you know, like obviously Woody Allen makes you know better movies than anything that will include you know you know, spaceships and whatnot. But I mean, like I said, who who the hell watches, you know, Annie Hall in 2021? It's like, really? I mean, and again, I watched, I I did, I, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Tommy boy when it came out got snubbed, but it was hysterical. There there should be an Oscar for a laugh per minute, you know, right. But I mean, but boy, you know, Tommy boy still is that, you know, like, by and large, it is kind of more geared towards the male and whatnot. I mean, I, I don't know of a movie that is more universally beloved than that those first three, you know, Star Wars installments. Right? I mean, those three, you know, uh, the recent ones obviously have their detractors, but those first three are re- re- just so universally regarded, you know. So the only detractors for the first three ones are people like my sons who yeah. have a they're they're not old enough to understand that these effects were so mind numbing at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and like the cantina scene that you yeah, can't yeah. begin to imagine how amazing that was for me at seven to or eight to walk in and yes. see that. But I will also say, again, we watched Endgame last night. I don't think he did get a nomination, but Robert Downey Jr. You know, for for Endgame alone, just just in a bottle, Endgame alone was so amazing in that. And very often, the Academy Award gives out gives out awards for people who should have got something, or for a body of work, maybe 
Right, the the kind of lifetime achievement kind of a thing. And, and, and but they'll give out one to somebody who like a name, like who is it? Like who who never won an, an Academy Award? Like a few years back, there was one of those people who right. you're like, wait, he must have two or three, and had none. And then well, the one the one that I always remember is uh, Henry Fonda uh, in on, on Golden Pond. I want to say right, 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 something like that. Yeah. And so it wasn't specifically that role and and that that they really got the Oscar for, but it was more of a, you know, the, the work leading up to it. And truly Robert Downey Jr. Started the whole MCU with the first Iron Man, that if it isn't amazing, if it isn't amazing, they're not going to do the other 21 movies over the next 10 years. (laughs) And, but his acting just in Endgame was so, but you know he, but he is a guy who's been recognized for his acting prowess, right? I mean, the, whether it be Chaplin or whatever else, right? I think he's didn't he get? I can't. He got a, a nomination in Chaplin. I want to say, I think, right? So again, yeah. again, what did I just say? I'm a movie about <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. If I don't remember going to the ballot box in November and voting for Joe Manchin. But uh, it seems that the Joe Manchin administration is, is uh, a bit problematic these days. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I guess there's been a couple of these, uh, these essentially, um, and you know, it, it, I, I don't know what, uh, it's one of those things that the Democrats don't do well, which is like rein in their, you know, membership, Right. Um, and maybe maybe the Republicans have that problem, too, because, you know, Liz Cheney has been a renegade and probably in the mind of many. But, yeah, I mean, I think um, well, well, a she, she, she's a renegade in so much as she didn't 100 percent go in lockstep with the last guy 100 percent of the time. But, right. but Joe Manchin is the one sticking block between right. this yeah. being the most successful 100 days of any administration and truly getting amazing stuff done if he was on board this infrastructure bill would already be passed right now the big thing is the infrastructure bill yes but for me the most important thing coming into this administration was making dc a state right and not not just for political reasons like oh we you know the democrats will get two democrat senators which they will most likely but the thing is January 6th proved that they don't have their own National Guard and how problematic that is. People for decades and decades and decades have been saying, look, it's completely taxation without representation. And yes, as many of the GOP are standing up decrying that this is political to just give them two senators, keep forgetting that the decoders were one state. Right, right. And that it got split so they could go from two to four. And at the same time, Liz Cheney, both governors from Wyoming have said the same thing. Liz Cheney said flat out there's not enough people to support it being a state, although they have, I think it's just a little under 600,000 in Wyoming, but just over 700,000 right. in yeah. D.C. Yeah. And then the other senator from Wyoming, and it's just the blatant racism, was saying we have more hardworking, honest agricultural jobs and salt of the earth people in DC in Wyoming than we do in DC, meaning we have more white people. Obviously the, you know, the quality of the people argument is just, I mean, it's not, it's freaking, you should not even start it. Right. I mean, I mean, when it comes down to it, the only thing about 
about it is that it's you know it's such a you know uh, compact area, right? And so that's why it's easy to it's easy to pick on. But you know, I mean, ultimately, okay. So you know, um, why don't we go ahead and you know start talking about it in terms of population? And maybe you know, I'm thinking California should be five states, right? If you honestly, <laughs> you 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 could definitely make a northern and southern California. You yeah. you could make a southern, central, and northern right. California. And as you and I know. Yeah, that would be two Republican senators <laughs> yeah. and four right. Democrats. Right. Senators, right. You know, sure, right. But, but I mean, you know, so yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things where I'm not exactly sure what the fo- founding fathers had intended in terms of the idea of politicizing the state creation process, because you, on the surface, it makes a lot of sense to have the Senate and the and the House, which have basic, you know. Uh, differences in the representation right it's like one is by population and one is not and so yeah you know that's kind of a you know smart way to strike a balance but then you know but you at know, one, with, but at one point you want everybody's voice to be heard in theory but a lot of these voices you know you we really shouldn't be hearing you know Josh Hawley being the lone dissent in the anti-Asian <laughs> right, hate right. crime bill you don't ever need to hear a racist voice like that and again, it was a lot of these rules and like the filibuster. Now, to be not to be fair, to be fair, since you know the way the original constitution was written was kind of racist, you know, maybe that is in line with you know what was intended. I mean, you know, when well, uh, exactly when you talk about systemic racism, it's from day one, and then when you look at all the voting laws and everything else after. The Civil War and and, and yeah. the uh, what is it called? I'm trying. I'm blanking on the word. As but a reconstruction. Reconstruction. Thank you. After reconstruction, all these systemic things are still in place, and the fact that you'll see people posting maps of like red states versus blue states, and far as like square footage or square miles, right. it's like, right. dude, trees don't vote, you know. Uh, and and then again, to decry, um, Wyoming is well, isn't, isn't that isn't that why Georgia has the new election laws to make sure trees don't vote because trees were voting for a uh, mass. Uh, right. You know that's the but the the craziness, Biff, that it's completely out of hand or, or completely in hand, however you want to look at it. How blatant they're being about not being fair, and and the the fact that Joe Manchin won't get on board. The the biggest problem that I have. Is he 100% is in a red state? I don't know how he won his seat to begin with. And it's all about him holding on to his seat, not his party and not his country. Yeah. And for eight years, Joe Biden, who is a creature of the Senate, was a vice president who watched the other side tell Obama, we are not going to work with you flat out on anything. Well, they're doing the same thing. They're doing the same exact thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter what bill comes forward, what nominee comes forward. They are in lockstep turning down everything, even if it helps your people. And so if Joe Manchin doesn't get on board, it's going to be a very difficult next, you know, you know, what what are we looking at here? About 20 months before the midterm elections. And if you have to assume, you have to assume because historically you always lose a couple Senate seats that you're going to lose some Senate seats. So if you want to get yeah. something done, you have to get it done now. And if you make DC a state, on the other hand, and I didn't find this out until Friday night, are you following or hearing what's going on with the recount in Arizona? 
Oh, no, I have not. Okay, Biff, you have to look this up because oh my God. because it's coming from me, it's going to sound yeah. batshit crazy. Yeah. Like, like right. I'm, the, I'm the QAnon on the other side. <laughs> right, right, I mean, right, I, right, right. Okay, so the Republicans in the state of Arizona have uh-huh. hired a conspiracy company called Code Ninja. I think they're uh-huh. called Code Ninja. And it's it's a company that they hired to do a recounting of the election. The okay. company is on record with all of these lockstep QAnon conspiracy theories. Right. The, because the state is run by Republicans, a Republican governor and Republican state house, <laughs> they've turned over the actual ballots to these people. And you ready for this? Zero oversights. Zero oversights. And a reporter, they won't let reporters in to watch the process. So a reporter signed up to be a volunteer. So she got in and, and was reporting on it and tweeted out things like, there are certain kinds of markers. If you remember back in November, there's certain kind of markers that right. you can't use because you can change ballots and all this right, stuff. Right, right. Uh, th- she was found out to be a reporter and she was escorted out. And so the few Democrats in the state went to a judge to get you know, a stay. And the judge said, okay, well, you have to compensate that company a million dollars to to stop what they're doing so we can come in and you know so if you want to have an investigation you have to pay that company a million dollars which there's nothing on public record how much the state is paying these people right, what the right. deal is but if you look up if you look up how this recount is going they are a big stop the steal people they've been a big stop the steal proponent right. since november well they actually are being sanctioned by the state of arizona to do a fourth recount in arizona with absolutely no oversight no media allowed to watch no observers and the one court case of the republicans won out of the 60 plus cases i forget what state it is but the observers were made to stand 10 feet away and right. the judge ordered that they could stand six feet away. The one case that they won is that the observers were in the room. Every one of these recounts in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, right. in Arizona were done under scrupulous yeah. uh, or, or scrutinized, you know, recount uh, observers for both parties. You can't have any in there. And you know what's going to happen in about a week. Arizona's going to come out and say, nope, we were wrong. The state of Arizona was really wrong. It was really won no. by. And, and the former guy in Florida is out there tweeting that – or not tweeting. He can't tweet. But putting out public statements saying, oh, this is great. The truth is finally right. going to come out. Right. Well – And, and, I mean, and can, Joe Manchin is still on yeah. board with being obstruct. You know, these people are going out of their way to the draconian voting things, all this stuff. And the one thing that is keeping them – going is that Joe Manchin won't sign or won't get rid of the filibuster right. and get the Joe Lewis Voting Rights Act and all that. Anyways, right. I'm sorry. I went on too long. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, my constitutionally, can they do anything about it, about the thing, though? I mean, it's already been certified, right? So it's like they can't do an after-the-fact do-over, right? Well, they can't. You, you just made a galactic error Biff in saying, well, they can't do anything about it, right? Because we've seen time after time, they can do whatever the hell they will. You, you would have thought, you would have thought in 2001, you can't pass laws that say, okay, we're going to take away all the voting stations and the black 
part of Georgia well, except for this one, and we know people are going to be in line for eight hours, and you can't give them water. Like, if I told you that 10 years ago, you'd be like, Josh, no, you're no, crazy. No. Well, so, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, well, yeah, you know what? Neither one of us uh, are experts on this. I haven't looked into it, but I just, it just seems like, I mean, that's fine that they're doing the, you know, the recount and everything else, but then the results of the elections has already, you know, there are like these constitutional, um, the, the, these things that are outlined in the constitution, right? That says that, you know, certain things have to happen by a certain time. And, you know, like basically the, the time has passed for any kinds of a recourse is, was the impression that I had. Now, once again, I don't know a whole lot about what's what. So I guess I'm at a point where I have to kind of wait and see, okay, but let me ask you this. Yeah. The the Democrats lose one Senate seat in the midterm elections and the it is now 5149 in yeah. the Senate and Mitch McConnell is running the show again. You tell me how long it is and before they decertify the last election and truly, you know, say, nope. Nope, you you know the last guy won, and we're going to yeah. enact some weird thing that nobody knows about that's in the Constitution that says, uh, there, you know, like <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Uh, no, not Mitch McConnell. If they win the House, they'll make the Speaker of the House president. Yeah. The right. Senate will, and they'll go to the Supreme Court, who's nine to three. You know, or, or six to three, and they'll say, "Yeah, if the Senate says this and the House says this, well, we're going to go along with it." I mean, it's scary to think about. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't know enough about it, but so I guess I'll have to look it up and see what you know what actually is possible. But it just seems like, you know, you know, there is what the states can do, and then there's the, you know, just time and again, you know, Constitution is kind of an inconvenient barrier for many because once it's there anything that goes contrary to it is hard to essentially oppose right so whatever you know so yeah let's find out what's happening so i think i'd like to see find out more about it because i haven't been paying attention so there you go it's scary now have you been paying attention to what's going on in the homeland as far as COVID in the olympics yeah it, it's uh it's a mess so um there is uh, a surge. Uh, they have uh, emergency declarations in uh, several regions, including uh, Tokyo. Um, and when it comes down to it, you know, they're dealing with the, you know, the the same thing that's happening, you know, in the other parts of the world where you have COVID fatigue. So, you know, people aren't, you know, doing, you know, I mean, they're getting one of the things I literally saw a task force like these uniform task force going out in the streets of Tokyo at night and getting people to uh, uh, essentially stop their little, um, uh, you know, street drinking parties. Oh, by the way, no open container laws in Japan. So that's the other thing. But yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. So So, is what you're calling it. (laughs) You know, I mean, whatever, you know, but yeah. So things like that. um, And, Definitely, they had a real issue with some government officials who are kind of tied to essentially enforcing these COVID guidelines, uh, breaking the government's own guidelines in terms of, I think they had these policy of gatherings that don't exceed like like five people or something like that. And they had like a 40-person dinner and then like whatever, 20-odd of those people ended up, you know, uh, getting, you know, testing positive. So that kind of stuff looks, you know, really poorly on the government who's asking the people to essentially, you know, 
uh, sacrifice, and then their own people are just saying, yeah, whatever. So and, it's a mess. And that's a mess. And then the crime wave continues to ravage. Of course, of that. course. We have two yeah. great, great, yeah, of we course. have two very two. Yeah. great stories. Why don't, you, why don't you lead the way with those? You know, so the first one is, you know, it really is, is a, a heinous crime where, you know, these two hooligans attack a defenseless uh, luxury car. I want to say it's a Bentley or something like that uh, with, with a cream puff. I mean, and they hurl this cream puff on the rear window. And, and obviously there's freaking cream all over this, this, this car. It's like, who does that? You know, who would do such a, you know, heinous thing? It's just, it just blows the mind. And on top of that, there were these little scratches that, you know, ended up on the car. So they think that they may have embedded the cream puff with something a little bit more, you know, like maybe metallic or something like that. So, yeah, you know, I don't think the perpetrators have been caught, but, you know, certainly we're hoping uh, we get these hooligans off the streets because, you know, I don't know that people can go out at night with these, you know, you know, these uh, criminals just roaming the streets. How are you more upset about the car? Or more upset, like I am, about wasting about the cream puff. Matrix. Yeah, right. Exactly. Why would you do that to a cream puff? Right. I mean, it's like cream puffs is the best. And why don't you so, talk yeah. about the story that I found this week? Yeah, Japanese man arrested uh, dating thirty-five women, all with the intent of getting you know birthday gifts from each one of these uh, women. So yeah, you know. I didn't know that that was a crime, but you know, I guess it is. And well, and that's the thing. I was reading the story, and I'm like, wait, I I know it's kind of scummy that he was dating what tended to be a, a few right. years older than him. Right, um, right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was a sugar mama situation. Him. Yeah, yeah. And and I I guess that's not okay. It, 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 I mean, first of all. I got to say hashtag, I want to say hero, but on the other hand, it's like, I don't because I can't, I can't even possibly imagine wanting to just the work that must go into coordinating and texting and emailing and chatting. Oh, it had to be a full-time job just to keep that going. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you do what you do, right? If you're driven, right. You know, you have, you know, you kind of work hard for your dreams and, you know, if your dreams is, is getting all kinds of birthday gifts, even if it's not your birthday, you know, you kind of work hard at your craft. And unfortunately in Japan, that's criminal. So (laughs) what can I say? I mean, he wouldn't have to give it the sugar mama thing. He wouldn't have to give as lavish gifts back, but he would be expected to give some gifts, you know, you know, gives do something on their birthdays. Right. He can't just show up with like no flowers or, or some kind of present. I think I think that he, I think I think his I think he is the uh, the present. I think that's the idea behind this. <laughs> uh, speaking of presents, we've got to the point of the show where this is a present to the listener because a you don't have to hear me for the next three minutes, and b it really is the highlight of my week. And we've curated something that I know I've played before, and I will play again. It's definitely my top three self indulgent theaters. This is where. Joe does arguably my all-time favorite song, which is Queen and David Bowie's Under Pressure, and does it as probably my all-time top, two of my top three voices Joe did, uh, Gilbert and Paul Lynn singing it. So Here we go. I think uh, I might, Robert. I might. So you propose that this week, in honor of Lin-Manuel Miranda's 
podcast with Conan O'Brien on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, talking about Under Pressure and dissecting it and talking about how it impacted them emotionally and how it, you know, even now inspires Conan to just go that extra mile at the end of his 40-minute workout. And how it's your favorite song, and one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I should say my favorite non-Dan Cray song. Yeah, or non-Christmas song. Um, I would have to... Um, you suggested that, why not ruin it for the rest of the world that listens to our podcast, you know, Biff, and have me sing Under Pressure as Gilbert Gottfried. So you sent that to me this morning. Uh, I got home a little early, and then I thought, huh, wait a minute. That's a duet, isn't it? So I took it upon myself to have a friend come over and duet with me as Gilbert Gottfried. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Lind. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Let's get this party started. I got the hot tub going back at the house with the young caballero. So, yeah, I guess we're going to sing um, Gilbert Gottfried and Paul Lind. Duetting Under Pressure. Boys, take it away. Pushing down on me, pushing down on you, no man asked for. Under pressure, that burns a building down, splits a family in two, puts people on streets. It's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends screaming, let me, let me out. Pray tomorrow gets me higher. Pressure on people. People on streets. Okay. Chipping around. Kick my brains around the floor. These are the days. It never rains, but it pours. He did a body. He did it about it. People on the streets. In it he not it. People on the streets. In it he not it. It's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends screaming. Let me, Let me out. out. Pray tomorrow gets me high, high, Pressure high. on people living on streets. Turned away turn from on, it all like a blind, like a blind man. man. Sat, Sat on, on a fence, fence but, but it, it don't, don't work. work. Keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn. Why? Why? One more chance 
Why can't we give love that one more chance? Why can't we give love, 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 give love? Under pressure. Under pressure. Pressure. I take it you're not a fan of me. No, not particularly. I do not know how you took my favorite song and made me love it more. Yep. So, Bill, oh, I gotta say, God. so before we leave this, I, you know, Paul Lynn is uh, for somebody, I, I'm a little bit older than both you and Joe, and I'm kind of surprised how much Joe is a fan of Paul Lynn, but like Paul Lynn is, was such a giant when I was growing up. So I think, you know, I, I know that you've done other sideshows regarding him, but I just want to once again recognize freaking Paul Lynn genius. And it's funny how he never took that next step in his career. Uh, I, I won't do the voice of Paul Lynn explaining why Paul Lynn doesn't feel he did the next step. Right. That's a Joe thing. Uh, he always does it so well. And if you don't do it in the voice and out of context, it sounds like I'm saying yeah. it, So I, I can't say it. He always came close to taking that next step, but just didn't. However, years later, there's, to this day, books being written about him. There's a couple books that have come out the last couple years. Uh, I know of one actor who was trying to get a one-man play. About, oh, that would be awesome. But, you know, the the estate holders shut it down. Like he... Oh, wow. Yeah, and I don't know. It wasn't... It, it, this is a... This is an actor who really liked Paul Lynn. And, right. But for some reason, the, the family... You know, you know, shut it wow. down. But it is. It's it's funny how how iconic that voice is. Again, it. I was a kid. You know, I, I bewitched is before my time technically, but it's it's not because if you grew up in the seventies, it was yeah. bewitched was on every day in syndicate. Well, you had the yeah, the you know, I think just about every market had like essentially the you know the uh, bewitched. Uh, I dream of genie. Um, and then you had like maybe Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, and then the monkeys. Uh, depending monkeys or like uh, that girl, you know, all those you know shows. Kind of all you know, those were the shows that you kind of saw in you know, in uh, uh, syndication. Yeah. So so, anyways, that that was one of my. It's top three. It's it's definitely top three of the self indulgent theaters. Which yeah. I'll play again and again. So this yeah. week in the NHL, uh, Marlowe has passed. Gordy Howe's NHL record for most games. Wait, did you want to go? Did you want to skip to that? You didn't want to go talk about the you know the the discussion we had with your management or? Oh yeah, uh, the, the 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 one where we were talking about the uh, the Hello Kitty uh, yeah, you know, sorry. ranking. You know, yes. Uh, before we get into sports, no, yeah. you know what? No, let's throw it under the sports moniker. 
uh, Biff Biff has brought to my attention because uh, you know my 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 beloved better half uh, known as management. She's a big Hello Kitty fan. I'm a um, uh, a recipient of a Hello Kitty tattoo, and she assumed that Hello Kitty was one of the mascots for the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. And Biff pointed out that not only is she not one of the official mascots of the Olympics, she doesn't even crack the top five. Right. Yeah. You know us. Um, oh, how do you say the company's name? Se Sanrio. Sanrio. Um, characters. Um, yeah, but but why don't you talk about the poll that you sent that I thought was pretty amazing? Right, so there's an annual poll where essentially, uh, you know, you can vote on the um, uh, on the top characters, and so um, I think right now the uh, cinema cinema role I think is number one, um, and I think that didn't uh, sit well with with your management. But what I want to do is I want to show you first of all I'm going to do this uh, new thing uh, in carnival podcast i'm going to share a screen so let me see if you could see this little web page yes i see this so this is number this is last that last year's ranking so you can see number one cinema roll pom pom pudding is number two pochaco is number three and hello kitty sits at number five i think right now this year my melody is in the top three and and and, and my melody uh ended up being number four last year but what I wanted to show you was that this is the actual um, final tally from 2020, so last year's results. But I'm going to show you this section, which you can't read much of. But this is um, a country-by-country country breakdown of, uh, of the top three. And you can see uh, the first one is China. And uh, my, my favorite, the Yoshi Kitty, which I didn't know existed you know, a week ago, but now I do know exists. <laughs> and this was the, really the, the – uh, I'll get to it in a sec, but that was the impetus of what, how I even found this. Um, and so you can see in Hong Kong is next, and I don't know this this duck thing at all, but it was number one in in Hong Kong. And so you see in here, Taiwan Hello Kitty is in the top three. Okay, then you go to uh, Korea where you know Hello Kitty nowhere to be found, and then in the U.S., l look at that Hello Kitty number one in the U.S. Brazil, I I, the, the one yeah. who's the one in third place. It says aggressive Reiko. I don't know what that. I don't even know that okay, one. That was a that's a lesser panda. It looks like yeah. And then you see Brazil next. You know, Hello Kitty nowhere to be found. And then England, Hello Kitty nowhere to be found. Um, and then Italy once again, Hello Kitty returns. And Germany, Hello Kitty returns. And France, Hello Kitty returns. <clears throat> so apparently, Hello Kitty is is for the white people. <laughs> Everybody else says yeah, yeah, we're past it. Well, well. They're wrong, but yeah, and and who's the one who's in first place in a lot of these? The cinema role. I you know I don't I didn't even know this character. So uh, the the one that it's on the screen now that looks like it has like half blonde hair over its face. Oh, uh, the one of uh, the one the one that's this one yeah, right over yeah, here in the yeah. middle. Yeah, so this one is the Yoshikiri. With so there, uh, uh, Yoshiki is the uh, leader and drummer for uh, a band called X Japan, and I I. I I think Yoshiki, I follow Yoshiki on Twitter, and he basically tweeted this uh, thing of this Yoshiki uh, character in one of these, you know, uh, uh, these outfits playing a, pia a piano version of one of his songs. And I said, what the hell? You know, I didn't know that there was this Yoshiki, you know, Hello Kitty 
kind of this, you know, mer- you know, merging, you know, collaboration thing. And then I thought it was a, a renegade thing, but it turns out to be a, an actual Sanrio sanctioned collaboration, which I was just kind of blew my mind. And so, yeah, so that's kind of what, where I found this character. And when I went to Yoshikiri's Twitter handle, it said, hey, vote for me on the 2021 character, you know, uh, voting thing. So, yeah. That's that is that is pretty fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I don't even Absolutely. think we need to talk about Marlowe breaking house <laughs> NHL record because, yeah, as it was pointed out, it's it's a pretty amazing accomplishment that nobody yeah. ever thought would be surpassed. But before you get too excited, you got to remember Gordy went on to play four hundred other games in the WHA. Yeah. I, I no. I think so. Just a two quick points. I think I think Mar Marlowe. You know, aside from this, is not a Hall of Famer. He's just like you know a really very nice player. But you know, I just he was never really considered to be like a top center in the league at, uh, at any point in his career. Really, I mean, he was up. He was a nice player, but once again, you know, not a, not dominating in any way. Uh, and the other thing is, um, uh, what I think, just to kind of expand on what you said, I, I think that. A lot of people are unhappy about Marlowe, who is not a great player breaking Howe's record. He's just a nice player. But ultimately, I think, you know, Gordy Howe's legacy is untouchable, right? I mean, that's why they, you know, they call him Mr. Hockey for a reason. Like, right. you know what? They're like, like, what the, you know, what, I don't care. I don't care what record you break that Gordy Howe owned. He's still Mr. Freaking Hockey and nobody else is Mr. Hockey. So. And, and the reason most teams have their number nine retired is because every kid who grew up <laughs> right. worshiping Gordy Howe wanted to wear a number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the, the French Canadians who also liked, you know, the rocket, but uh, sure. Right. I mean, number nine is a very hallowed number. Right, right. Two of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, so that was that was interesting. As far as video games, the only thing I can add on this is uh, my my oldest kid has got back into these Telltale games. It might cross paths with your management's world a little bit because I just bought him the four Telltale games for The Walking Dead, and and what Telltale okay. games are, you you have to make choices along the way. You 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 know you're truly in a situation where you have to draw on somebody and you can shoot them because they're raiding your village, or you can invite them in and make them part of your right you, right you, you know your group, or or different things that affect the story. So it's not the same story every time. You know, there's there's not right. an infinite number of endings, but because some of the decisions you have to make are more crucial than others. I will, and then they can come back to haunt you or help right, you later. Right. right? Yeah. And, and, you know, he he was driven to tears because one of the characters he likes, and I'm quite sure this has happened when you've actually watched the show, you know, in, in the Biff household, is when a character you love gets bitten. And it's almost right. worse than them getting killed because. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The yeah. dead man walking. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah. You know? It is interesting that um, I think The Walking Dead is so different from many of these, you know, shows because they kill off the, you know, the, a lot of these popular characters, right? Which is something that um, I, I kind of feel like it routinely happens in, like, you know, in in Japanese, whatever. And I don't know why they do it in Japan because it's like, you know, why would you why would you kill your, you know, your money train? But whatever, you know. But yeah, they're not afraid of doing that. Have we ever talked about? how the walking dead came to be the comic book 
No, I okay. I have no idea. It, you know, it's Image Comics. Well, so I know, I know, like I, I, I've bought a few of the graphic novels for for my management. So yeah. So it's it's there's a documentary, I believe it's on Amazon about Image Comics. Okay. And Image Comics, the 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 writer of The Walking Dead. He really, I forget who he loved over at Image Comics, who left either DC or Marvel, was a big fan of, and he wrote The Walking Dead. And his highlight, he never thought it was really going to see the light of day. He wrote like four books, and he got a meeting with one of his heroes. Right. And... The the feedback was, yeah, this is okay, but, you know, we've seen a bunch of zombie stuff. You know, there's no real hook here. There's nothing really that different. And so the guy who created Walking Dead pulls out of his ass. It's like, oh, yeah, but you're going to find out that this is something from outer space that caused this. This is kind of like <laughs> an alien invasion. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, okay. So episode one comes out and it does okay. You know, uh, the first comic comes out, the second comic comes out and there's always a dip because everybody wants to buy number one. You know, you go in the comic book shop, you see, oh, first printing something. I'm going to get this. Right. And, and the episode, and then three was okay. The sales did okay. And episode four, I forget how many he got picked up for like six or eight, but after the third or fourth one, he didn't think it was going to make it all the way to the eighth one. And, okay. And he, uh, but he was okay with that. He was, if you see this documentary, I'll find it or, you know, I'll post the link on yeah. the Twitter. Uh, he was okay with that because in his mind, he had made it. He never thought he was going to get this far. And he got a book published by his favorite image comics that, that was, right, right, you know, right. Who yeah. He loved. So he was really okay. He never thought he was going to get this far. And then book four or book five, one of them sells for some reason, like sells enough that they have to do a second printing. And then number six does well. And about number seven or eight, the guy who greenlit the series says, hey, Uh I've gone backwards and forwards and I'm looking for these little hints about this alien yeah. <laughs> right, right. And that's when the creator says, Oh yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> like this <there's laughs> has nothing to do with that. But at that point, the book had sold so well that it kept it's going. Like, ah, ah. You, you know, you 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 really gotta have, you know, your 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 uh your much better half watch that doc because yeah. the how that show came to be that never should have come to be. That's funny. Know? But yeah, they're not afraid of killing somebody off. And so Well, except for except for Daryl, right? Because I you know, have you seen the t shirts like you know, you kill Daryl, we riot shirts? <laughs> well, it's funny and it's not funny because my wife loved it. But for a few years, just it it didn't work being able to watch it, you know, in right, real time. Right. Well, she's getting back into it now, but she knows, oh, this character that she's watching now is on some NBC drama. <laughs> you know? Okay, she's right, like right. two years behind, so she knows. So she's sitting there waiting. Okay, how does this person die? And, uh, yeah. uh, right, and, right. and, you know, so she's almost caught up now. Okay, and she knows that the, something happens with Rick because she knows that he's off the show. I think it's next year; it's its last year, and she knows he's not going to be on for some reason. Right, and, and so she's well. He want I think the actor Andrew Lincoln wanted to be off. I think right. That, that, so, you know that it's funny because yeah. that always happens. But then they're like, "Oh, I'm going to go do this, that, and the other thing." And you know, ten years yeah. later, they're at a comic book show signing things because you know they never. But 
so she's back into it. She's she's almost like caught up. And as far as watching stuff, I've already talked about Tommy Boy, which again, <laughs> and, and, and my ten year old really didn't want to sit there and watch it. And and the wife was like, you know what? Give it a few minutes. You know, it's one of your dad and Joe's favorite movie. I think you'll like it. And I don't think after the first 30 seconds, he had any intentions of taking two steps away, <laughs> you know, and he was just mesmerized. I think it's something I'm going to get to watch with him for many years to come. And then he did. Yep. And then it was funny because I was going to talk about this a couple of weeks ago. I had on the rundown and didn't. You mentioned Star Wars already. And Empire right. Strikes yep. Back, you know, my, 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 you know, my favorite movie, it's, it's always in the top five, my favorite movies, you know, cycle out, but it's always in there. Management asked the other day, like, if I had to pick just one movie to preserve, whether it was going to be Empire Strikes Back or Endgame, I really thought about it. And, 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 and collectively, I almost said, <laughs> You know, Empire Strikes Back. I, you know, of course. But then I thought, Biff, truly, 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 I don't ever think anything will ever happen again that will affect me in a movie as much as the shot of Captain America holding right. Thor's hammer for the first time. Right, right. Like, yep. like that moment. Yeah. And, and, and we've talked about it before. If, if, Anybody's listening who hasn't seen it, some dude filmed the audience reaction. You see the screen and you hear the right. audience reaction. It was in Hollywood right. when Endgame, uh, when, when Infinity War came out. And the audience reaction for Infinity War is great. And at the end of Infinity War, where people start fading away, yeah. just yeah. the you can hear people crying. You can hear right. people gasping. Well, so, you know, the thing that you should uh, um, maybe you can find is that um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Leslie um, from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. Um, she live tweeted the first time she watched, you know, that movie. And she goes, no, not Spider-Man. Like, you could literally see all her tweets. It's great. She Like, she had never seen it in the theater. She watched it at home for the first time and she live tweeted it. And it's uh, fantastic. But if you see... And I'll post this as well. Yeah. When you see the audience reaction, yeah. uh, you know, because Thor is getting his ass kicked by Thanos and Thanos is yeah. just about to kill Thor. And then all of a sudden, you know, the hammer comes and smashes Thanos and you, and yeah. it flies back. And all of a sudden Captain America is there with the shield yeah. in one hand <laughs> and the hammer right. in the other. Right. And it's like that, that single moment, that, that single screen grab, like if I could have yeah. a mural of that painted, and yeah. If, if, instead of getting a giant sunflower on my back, maybe I'll have that tattooed on yeah. my back. But uh, a little yeah. inside. Well, you know, I, I'll say this. I think the the. I mean, and so to me, it's like if you're going to ask me between those two, it's a it's no brainer empire, right? But I think there is a difference in terms of what the what the Star Wars franchise kind of lacked in terms of that that first three is that. You know, there there wasn't this, you know, uh, this uh, pre-existing audience, right? I mean, there is an entire pre-existing Marvel fandom, you know, for which they had a lot more deep, they, they, just a deeper uh, affiliations with the different characters and deep deeper understanding of the different characters, right? And while I, on the surface, get what you're saying, right? I don't have that same emotional attachment 
to all of them because I wasn't, you know, this wasn't, you know, my thing. But like the Star Wars thing is just, you know, that whole whole, whole story is just so universally, you know, I mean, people just can't, you know, f- certainly from that era, right? Just it, it, it basically hit, you know, touched no, everybody. It, it's, I, I, it, you know, and it's it's one of those things where asking a parent like their favorite child, you know what I mean? It's, right, 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 right. But that one moment where, where Steve Rogers holds that, it's just, yeah. and it's funny. So I said to the wife last night, I said, here's my impression of our oldest son's children driving home from visiting us, you know, 30 years from now. Right, right, you right, know, right. Dad, how many times yeah. is Grampy going to make us watch Endgame? <laughs> you know? There you go. You know? There um, you go. So, so that's it for me on movie. You got a parenting tip for? Oh, are you watching anything? Uh, other, than, I, other than NHL hockey? No, no. So I, I found. I, I no, I don't know if you've heard of this this show, but I found this awesome show on uh, Disney Plus. It's called The Mandalorian. And, and get this, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you or anything. But holy cow! They have Baby Yoda in it. What is that crazy or what? And, and did this oh, just come out? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, you know, I, I have a hard time keeping up with you know what's up and whatever. But you know, I just found it, and you know, I'm you no know, seriously. I'm obviously I'm way behind on this. I'm finally getting around to it, and it's fantastic. So that is great. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it is when I hear stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, my wife's boss her and her husband are just getting into Battlestar Galactica and you have these <laughs> waves of like so excited for them and at the same time so jealous that they're getting to see it for the first time. <laughs> first time right. You yeah. Know? Yeah, the whole the whole Mandalorian thing. And, and again, I I cannot say it enough. If you like the Mandalorian after you watch the Mandalorian, <sighs> the eight episodes, yeah. go back and watch the eight episodes of how it was made. And yeah. they did an eight episode documentary about the scripts, about the directors, about the music. And it, it's amazing that John Favreau in my lifetime has to be the greatest film maker. I mean, in, it, my, it, in it, my lifetime, it is, it is kind of amazing how, um, and I think it's obviously because of the genre of film he's making, right? But that dude, just the just the stuff that he's created, and even the stuff that is not the superhero stuff. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched the movie, the you know, uh, it's a chef or the the chef or whatever. I don't know if you ever watched that movie. Also a fantastic movie, and obviously he's done you know a bunch of you know other uh, movies. You know, I I guess he did Swingers, right? I mean, that was no. his big thing, and then he did yeah. Elf. But yeah, when I'm talking about the Marvel universe doesn't happen if Iron Man sure, one yeah. isn't a hit and right. so great. And he did that. He did Iron Man yeah. one and two. And then as big as star Wars is, I mean, we're talking 40 years yeah. of catalog, but he's yeah. the one who gets the first live action star yeah. Wars. And because the Mandalorian does so well, they did, they had a whole bunch of things waiting to go depending. Hey, you know what? We don't know if there's really an appetite for this. <laughs> so let's see how the Mandalorian goes. But yeah, and because the Mandalorian went so well, and that now they're now they're creating spinoffs based on the Mandalorian of characters that didn't exist. Right. right two years yeah. ago. Right. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. I mean, you know, and what's great about um, you know, and I, obviously Josh Abrams has his, his set of detractors, but what I really do appreciate with a lot of these uh, these people are that 
you know, they're fans of these franchises first, right? And so they, you know, I think that there is a certain level of care that they certainly are, you know, are showing in in in, in how they, you know, present these things, right? They're very, very uh, conscientious about the, you know, the legacy of the original pieces. And, you know, so I think that as there, there is that certain, for lack of a better term, the, there's, you could see the love that they have in what they're creating. So I, I really appreciate that aspect of it. So there's a guy, and if you watch the documentaries on, on the Mandalorian, and again, they're really well yeah. done. Um, there's one that's just a round table with the directors and whatever, but there's a guy named Dave Filoni who co-created the series. Okay. And, and Dave Filoni was working on a Nickelodeon show. He was an animator. I forget exactly what show he was on, but he was a huge, gigantic Star Wars fan and going okay. way back. I mean, way, way back uh, before the fourth or the first Star Wars, depending on, you know, right, 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 number right. one of the fourth one. Right. Yeah. He got a phone call to come up to Lucas Films, you know, come right. up to the ranch. And he thought it was a joke. He thought he thought. He thought that the, the, it was the guys over in the SpongeBob wing. Oh, right, right, right. Were pranking him. Right, right, right. Because he was such a Star Wars guy and he was so excited about Phantom Menace that he almost blew his interview because he thought he was being. It was he was, uh, right. Yeah. He goes up and he meets Lucas. And just like the guy with The Walking Dead who thought, you know what, I got a meeting yeah. at Image yeah. Comics, and, and, and that's good enough for me. Right, right. So he could not believe he got a one-on-one -on -one sit down. And what was happening was George Lucas was considering doing the Clone Wars. Right, right, right. Starting to develop. And yeah. he, he – but he walks out of the room thinking, oh, this was great. It was everything I ever imagined. Yeah. And – he was told to, you know, go sit in this other room. And then a handler came in and said, okay, you got the job. And he's like, what job? <laughs> he didn't even know that it was for this. Right, right. So flash forward some 20 years later, Dave Filoni, when you see him on the set and you see the other right. directors, even if he, he directs some of the episodes. Right. He knows the most minute part of the most minute part of, right. you know, oh, no, this kind of stormtrooper wouldn't have this right. kind of shoulder harness. He would have this. Right. And, right. Right. and just and as you said, what is so amazing is the people making these movies yep. love these movies. Yeah, they love the culture. They love being part of it. And, and when you see so many of the of the the voices Right. After you watch each episode, watch the credits because your head is going to spin. Wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's yeah. So and so, that's yeah. so and so. You never see their face, but it's like these these household names who want it to be part. Yeah. Of the story. Well, it's 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 like that, you know, when um Samuel L. Jackson, I saw, I can't remember which, you know, of the late night shows he appeared on. It, you know, he, number one, he was totally jacked that he got the job. And then he had to ask himself, hey, hey, so am I going to be able to say, you know, say it? You know, is, is it in the script? Because he wanted to find out whether he gets to see, say, may the force be with you. Right. And that was like, like, you know, super important for him. But not that, not just that he got the job. But that he was going to get to say the words, so right? And, and and I don't think 
the camera was focused on him and Lucas at the time. I think it's one of those things. A camera crew was shooting some behind the roll yeah. B-roll footage where they picked up Samuel L. Jackson yeah, lobbying yeah. for the yeah. purple lightsaber. <laughs> That's and, and it's literally it's an honest conversation between the two of them. Yep. And, and and Samuel L. Jackson at that point was um he was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and and if that, you know, if that motherfucker wanted a purple yeah. lightsaber. Yeah. It was yep. a purple lightsaber. And, yep. and I do. I, I think the people who are coming into the fold as far as actors, and again, you hear like yep. Tiki and some of the other people who um uh oh, Bryce Howard, Dallas Bryce yep. Howard. She, Dallas Bryce Howard, she's yeah. She's one of the directors. Oh my god, yeah. watching her talk about directing these completely fell in love with her, you yeah. know, just as a director. So yeah, it, I'm really I'm really excited that you're you yeah. get to watch it. But I, I highly recommend afterwards yep. going back yeah. and and yeah. you know, you know, yep. watching it again. I, I know you got a full plate. I know the NHL playoffs are just around the corner. Just around the corner, so we'll see. Yep. Uh, so now, what is your parenting tip? Uh, you know what? Just uh, I, I just I can't call it a tip, but I, I am appreciative of the fact that my child cares enough about my stress level so that uh, he would just you know take care of things you know for me. So it, it, like Friday, we had a, a few errands, including the dog grooming, uh, you know, getting my drugs, you know, a bunch of things, and you know, my son graciously took care of it because Friday just ended up being just a crazy day between the uh, original podcast recording and, <laughs> and you know, a lot of back-to-back -back meetings for, and the back-to-back -back meetings were stressful because I had to present in two of them and stuff like that. And so in the middle of the, my stress, you know, you know, my wonderful son just took care of a lot of the stuff that I would normally, you know, do on my own. So, uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, the same will happen to you uh, later down the line as your children at least learn to drive and, you know, or whatever the case may be. Well, they don't even have to learn to drive. Just the stuff that they need to get done around the house. When they see your stress, hopefully they'll do the same for you. At, at my point, Biff, before I get into my, my parenting tip, two things. I'm just hoping we get to the point where because my sons are doing remote learning that when my oldest son leaves his bedroom to go to the kitchen, get his lunch. I'm setting the goal that he takes his cereal bowl out of the room and puts it <laughs> in the kitchen. And that when he comes to get a snack in the middle of the day, that he then remembers to bring his lunch plate out to the kitchen. Cause at the yeah. end of the day, if I have to go into his room, it's like, Oh, this is why we have no dishes. Because yeah. that, you know, that'll come. That'll come. It will. Uh, I'm sure they'll come. Yeah. And my other question is when you present at work, do you have the, are you on the same camera in the same room or do you put a background nope. up? Nope. I'm actually, this is my personal computer and my work setup is in a different area. So oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This oh. will not be something that my work will see. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like we're gonna have to do a wellness check on Pip. I, yeah, I know, like, I know. It looks like a trailer. Uh, my I know. my parenting tip is this week was kids' school April vacation, and right. uh, my parenting tip is set up a scenario in which they don't look too forward to vacation. <laughs> you know, make sure that they understand it's like, oh, you don't have school this week. That's great. We're going to double up on piano lessons. We're going to double up on guitar. And oh, let's get a dumpster because there's so much stuff in this house and around the yard that we really need to get rid of. So, hey, it's April vacation. You get to roll up your sleeves and go to work. 
So, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, my uh, my parents uh, did that and more where in the spring and winter vacations in when I lived in Hawaii, uh, not only did I not get to really just spend my vacation doing whatever the heck I wanted, I had to babysit who uh, this family where the dude was like the richest man in the world at the time. Right. And I had to babysit these kids for free. And then in the summer, um, I had to go to regular summer school to get extra courses in my credits. And then after I was done, I had like four weeks left of uh, vacation. So I had like four weeks of summer school and then four weeks of what I thought would be a real vacation. But then I had to go to Japanese school, summer school, where I had to learn the stuff that's already hard as crap. And, but every day I had like, you know, seven hours of this for this, you know, for this five day period on top of that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, it kind of, uh, so basically barter page on your dad's playbook is what I'm doing. Yeah. That's what, what you're doing, but not nearly like that. No, I mean, I'm talking a couple hours, but they yeah. do. They're, they're like, but this is my vacation. It's like, yeah, but you live here. You know what <laughs> I mean? So you got to get some, so my, my vacation is like, yeah, never let them there you go. comfortable. So, uh, Biff, I, I can't say thank you enough again you know, no problem. For, for jumping on board. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the rest to you. Close it out. How, how are you well, saying? Yeah, you know, well, I think it's important that you don't forget. 